So that's what I'm saying. The text is like an object. It's gonna change perspective based on where you're standing. I don't know. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I missed you, baby sweet. It was a day. Hmm? It was a day. Please tell me you're seeing this too. From Seattle, we are drinking the movies. I'm Taylor Baker. And I'm Michael Clausen. Cheers. Oh, hey, Michael. Oh, hey. Ready to talk about some movies? We have some fun movies. Even the bad ones are kind of fun. So yeah, I'm ready to talk about these. How about you? I agree. Solid little action lineup this week. Good change of pace. Um, Should be fun. It gets a little bit dark near the end, but... That is true. That's fair. Um, what do we have on tap for discussion? We are going to do Triple Threat, the direct-to-video kung fu cinema with explosions, I guess, is how I'd put it. As Good well stuff. as um, The Raid from Gareth Evans, whose film The Apostle we talked about earlier, or Apostle, rather, we talked about last year, as well as... Dragged Across Concrete by S. Craig Zoller. Mm-hmm. Which there I mispronounced go. last episode. I don't know if it'll be last episode, but I definitely said, like, Craig S. Zeller. Well, that's why <laughs> you just heard me say that with a question mark, because I was questioning myself. So, yeah. There it's, we go. Uh, whew, that's a movie. It is. But first are, as always, first impression. Uh, John Wick 3, Parabellum. Let's take a peek. I say the odds are about even. Doc, five seconds. John Wick, excommunicado, in effect, in three, two, one. And away we go. I'm psyched. I just recently watched John Wick 1 and 2, as you know. Big fan of both. Uh, you have seen both 1 and 2, correct? Yeah. Fans of, uh, or a fan of both? Yes. Yeah, I, I like them. There's problems I have with each one, but I, I do like that these things even exist to begin with. Still positive. Yeah, kind of like Deadpool. Like, got my nitpicks, but I'm glad this exists in the first place. There you go. Yeah, I'm psyched. Uh, looks like more of the same to uh, some degree um, in a good way. Like, I personally have an appetite for more of the same. I don't know that there's anything here telling me that they're taking it in a you know brand new direction. I'm okay with that. Maybe they'll surprise me. What do you think? I feel like they might be taking it in a slightly more um, smile-oriented mm. way. When I think about John Wick 1, I remember some pretty large dreariness. Uh, John Wick yeah. 2, if I remember correctly, like our best action scene happens underground in the tunnels. Oh, yeah. With that yeah. cool shotgun scenario. Great stuff. Um, which is really cool and fun, but it's still kind of dark. Moody. And this one, even though it's dark, it's got that really sheeny gloss to it. Very polished. It just looks very um, like San Francisco and the Sisters Brothers. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
So when I was watching it, I just had a smile on my face and I was like, I cannot wait. Like this, this is going to be the first thing that has a real chance to be the number one earner at the box office since Avengers comes mm. out. Yes, I, I'm <laughs> excited to see it on a big screen with, uh, you know, good sound. Um, I'm there for, you know, the crisp, polished action. Um, the dogs uh, The pump and score. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's just thrilling stuff. Oh, yeah, I think that, it looks good. That mishmash we just watched where it was just kill after kill after kill after kill after kill after High body oh, count here. How cool. How Very cool. high body count. Yeah. Take a drink every time that somebody gets owned by Keanu Reeves. Who's paying our hospital bills? Is it the listeners? This is a suggestion for you. <laughs> oh, I'm not, yeah. But... So, unless you're going to pay for my liver damage, no. <laughs> Understood. Understood. All right, let's get on to um, Men in Black International. All right. You really think a black suit is going to solve all your problems? Mm, no, but looks damn good on you. Oh, snap! Oh, snap! Oh, snap! Oh, snap! We are a rumor. Recognizable only as deja vu and dismissed just as quickly. Time to prove yourself, Agent M. We may have a problem in London. All right, we just watched the trailer for the latest installment in the Men in Black franchise. Any um, nostalgia relationship with the original? Original 2? Absolutely. Oh yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, in my head, is first and foremost. Um, that character, I don't remember his name, but I feel like I remember his name. And uh, Will Smith was definitely like my envoy into that world. And it seems like this is just a reversal, where Tessa Thompson very much feels like a kid that watched those movies and mm. wants to be in the Men in Black, and this is her arrival. And oh, it's yeah. also pairing the two, I think, best comedic attributes of the Avengers outside Michael Pena and mm-hmm. Paul Rudd back together, which is Valkyrie and Thor, or as you know them, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. There you go. Which I think is just a stellar casting move. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just really nice when you see not only a character look like they're having fun, but also an actor or an actress, you know, that just, that, that fun is just kind of infectious. Um, they just look like they're having a good time. So I want to have a good time with them. Mm -hmm. Um, just good pop entertainment. Um, got that Liam Neeson voiceover. Yeah. You see Rebecca Ferguson throwing a third fist. Can't argue with any of that. I'll take it. Um, yeah, it just looks fun. I'm psyched. It'll be a, a joyous watch. Definitely. On to Triple Threat. Remember me? Huh? I remember you. You killed my wife. For this, I will kill you. Well, with triple the threats, there's triple the letdowns. Ooh, you were not a fan. I was not a fan. How were you on this one? I was mixed. I was decidedly mixed. Maybe slightly positive, but there are things I like, things I don't like. I'm just struggling to decide which one wins out over the other. Um, at, uh, you know, 95 minutes, I think, is what it clocks in at. Too much. Still too much for you? I was going to say, you know, it uh, it 
does what it needs to do in a relatively short did, period of did time. Did it hit that camp genre that we've talked about these last mm. couple weeks for you, where you were able to laugh instead of just get annoyed? Definitely not. I definitely didn't find like much humor in it. Um, I mean, I think it is, um, you know, striving to uh, uh, keep things light, but uh, I was not. Uh, it, it wasn't hitting that chord for me. So when they're switching back and forth between four different languages, and then. Uh, the police outfits are labeled police in English and the police precinct is labeled police in English and the police cars have very clear sticker decals that say police on them. You were not getting a giggle out of that. That was bad. I was just looking past it, I Ah, assume. I Um, wish. There you go. (laughs) Unable to do so. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, My My disbelief never was suspended. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um... Yeah, I, I suppose it had to do with maybe just kind of the simplicity of it. Um, I just kind of took for granted after a certain point that almost everyone here is kind of one-dimensional and just told myself, okay, I'm here for the action, um, and was able to just kind of ride um, that wave. Um, I don't know that it looks particularly good, even though I like the action um, choreography pretty well. Um, I still don't think it's really that great it was, of a... Yeah, it wasn't captured well. Um, no, no. What was that film we talked about earlier this year, the prison fighting movie? Not the one you recommended to me, but I think the one before that, um, where the, the camera is literally one of the fighters in the frame. It's like this oh, kickboxing um, scene. A prayer before dawn. Yeah. 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 And that just never arrived here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like um, it was just this weird external, like two-thirds, or like one-third of the top would be framed in like the landscape and then two thirds uh the other two thirds would be like the background of where the fight's taking place and in the center would be the fighters but it wasn't like as much as that might sound decent it was like this really inorganic Mm. thing that didn't serve the the pulpiness of the fight yeah 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 i think there's there's lots of style to the action but not a lot of style to the camera work yeah which, um, which doesn't let the action of, come in yeah um yeah no argument there um i did find myself just kind of um compelled by the charisma of some of the actors particularly the good guys not so much the bad guys but i do like these uh uh three leads um you know they're they're not given the meatiest uh dialogue um, or even like characterization, but I still felt myself just kind of enjoying their company. Um, uh, Tony Ja, Aiko Ue, and Tiger Hu Chen. That's correct. Are good guys. Yes, those are the good guys. Yeah. Um, you know, the scene of two of them with the, um, you know, billionaire heiress having beers. It's so kind of simple and uh, very um, kind of unstylish, but at the same time, it's just kind of easygoing, I guess. I don't know. I just, I didn't find myself, um, uh, you know, particularly bothered by things, even as I recognize them as um, a little silly. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I just have to confess that I was still just somehow going with it, even though things were clearly um not great in some regards 
just the dialogue was just terrible that info dump of the plot like every time we cut to it's to serve the plot that we're you know that's going to build that last fight it's like it's just i don't know for me that's just nightmare inducing yeah <laughs> within like the first two minutes it's in uh it's via like newscast right yeah that she's telling us what we're about to watch basically yeah i would agree um yeah i so yeah so when you i think you said in your review you just didn't like the screenplay that's both like dialogue and just like what literally happens yes. in it yeah, yeah. It the, is the only both, job that i thought was done well was the choreography and the actors doing the choreography like yeah yeah I, I can't stand when Michael J. White opens his mouth in this movie. It just drives oh, yeah. me insane. He is, he's really leaning into his villain mode. Um, I kind of like it. I have to confess, like, I get that it's, it's it just hits that silly. camp level for you or something? I don't know that I would describe it as camp, but it's just... I'm just trying um, to process, Michael. I, I know. I, I need to pretend. <laughs> it's maybe just somehow that it's kind of consistent. He sticks with it. Um, he kind of looks like he's having fun with it. It's not... It does look like I will fun. probably forget about it by Wednesday. But um, even as I thought to myself, like, he's really overdoing it here. I'm like, I kind of like it. I don't know. It's uh, just just the lightest of kind of amusement I can get from it. Um, you know, it's kind of my gut competing with my head. Um but I completely agree. It's uh, it's a little much, especially relative to what everybody else is doing. Which is also just, I don't know. I, I think yeah. I'm too old, man. That's 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 that my takeaway from these action movies. Like mm. every time I heard an elbow make a, a blow up explosion noise or a shin kick to a forehead make a metal clang, I was just like, I don't mm. know anymore. It's not Kung Fu Hustle. I, I can't find the joy in these. It's not a comedy. You're telling me to take this seriously, and I can't. Yeah, I did. I think it's rated R. Um, I, I, I so. hardly ever think about ratings anymore. Um, you kind of just stop doing that after a certain age. But it, it did feel in a way that it was targeted for a younger audience, even though it's violent and has um, you know its share of profanity. I That did cross my mind. That this yeah, feels... like maybe... No, I don't mean to disparage them, but maybe like the wrestling audience would get something out of this that I don't. Maybe, yeah. Um, like you said, I, I mean, some people did respond to it um, better than we did, oh, yeah. at least. Um, That's why it, it showed up on our radars because it was getting actually some pretty big praise for a straight-to-video kung fu film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I do think that's the best stuff. Like you said, it's just the action itself, um, which does look slick. It's sharp. Um, or, or for me, it did. You know, I, I, am... I can't say it looks slick. I can say it was performed really well. Yeah, that yeah, that's fair. Um, important distinction, you're right, between how it is actually being shot versus the uh, motion of the actors themselves. Yes. Yes, that is fair. Um also one of the only films I've ever seen where a grenade launcher is shot into a torso and explodes the torso without any explosion. I was so. fascinated by that. <laughs> As was I. I That's see. why like good bad can can kind of go out the window when you're just like I'm fascinated by what <laughs> yeah, I just saw. This is this is almost cool enough to make up for every cut to uh for the dialogue. Dump. Yes, I was like I can't believe they kept that shot in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'm just 
I, there has to be some, you know, there's something to be said for just being like sort of wowed by it. Um, great call out. Um, yeah, stuff that, uh, just didn't really make sense to me so much. You know, there's been, um, these terrorists have shot up a hotel. They've been chasing this girl throughout the city. Then they kind of stop and have a beer partway through rhythm issues like that. Like that doesn't click. Yeah. Um, how about how weird it is that they just like end up hiding in the vent oh yeah like, mm. I was just like what what movie is this from because I, I get the sense that there's like certain things in this movie that are just from things like that opening scene I don't yeah. know about you but I was like this is the predator or not the predator mm. but predator yeah remember yeah. predator's opening scene when he descends oh, in that helicopter with that cigar in his mouth and then they proceed to blow up that little Mm-hmm. Uh, Asianic village. Yeah, that was yeah. like that was totally that. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Um, yeah. I mean, some of the action there, I, I I responded to, but there were also just like what's actually happening that was just silly. Um, like the good guy who loses his wife very early on um, says something to himself, or maybe another character about like, ah, oh, I, I don't know why I ever brought her here in the first place. And I think that's a fair question. It's like, why would a guy have brought his wife to a jungle compound to protect uh, terrorists that they're holding hostage? Like, that's just not the first thing I would invite my wife to. Is this a a running Uh, theme? Why would I invite my wife to stay here? Can we talk about that in the raid? (laughs) Also, yeah, good connection there. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of a crux of some of the sentimentality, and I'm like, yeah, that just doesn't really click to me. That's not something you uh, you do, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm nitpicking. Um, yeah. Not great stuff. Not a good movie. I don't... I, I might be able to manufacture a way to talk about it more, but I, I don't mm. feel like I can. Struggling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a bummer. I was absolutely let down. I gave it a two. How are you feeling on it? <sighs> two and a half, probably. Two and a half, maybe with the heart. There's something about just, I find myself kind of drawn to the charisma of these guys. Um, and it just looks to me like they're having fun. And that was um, kind of infectious for me. Um, Some more of like a... Two and a half with the heart. Are you maybe feeling this more from like a performance place than like a film place? Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Just their just their presence seems to do something for me. Um, But um, I am um, attributing that to them and not so much uh, Jesse Johnson, who I think directed this. Yes, Um, Jesse V. Johnson, if I remember correctly. Jesse V. Johnson. That's correct. Um, So yes, not so much. uh, his handiwork that I responded to. Let me make a quick phone call to uh, Ben Foster, Dennis Quaid, and Christian Albert about how uh, Pandorum mm. is worse than this movie somehow. Ooh. Because that's a, that's a question that'll stump us for ages. <sighs> we'll have to come back to it. Raid, directed I by... insisted on watching this. It is a film directed by Gareth Evans. And I'm glad I insisted on watching this, even though it doesn't fit quite with our last build title, which is what I tried to 
build this around somewhat um, dragged across concrete. But for now, the raid. What did you think, Michael? I like this movie. Um, I had a great time with it. I don't remember what uh, how long this movie is, but it felt like it was um, flying by. I think it's in that 146 um, area. You yeah. Know, might yeah. be 130. It might be 156. It, it but, feels know, tight. You know, that's why I ask. is just because it feels short because of how kind of tight and um, quick it, uh, it is. Um, you know, single location action movie. Um, uh, hey, they're in a van. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's fair. There are some flashbacks. You're right. Um, just uh, really um, kinetic street action. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. You're right. <laughs> um, I I I do like the the action and fights here more than anything in uh, Triple Threat for sure. Um, I like just uh, kind of how lived in the 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 everybody looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe these dudes are. Uh, very mean drug dealers who can uh, throw a punch. Um, I, I, I just kind of bought in. Um, what about you? Second time around for you. Yeah, well, probably more like the fourth time. Ah, uh, okay. When I was younger and had roommates, this was one of our like major films that we'd rewatch. Um, mm. My buddy, he just loves this film and he like mm. when the second one came out he's like got the second one we're watching it now and nice. you know like it there was never a conversation these were just movies that we watched in our younger years um so yeah it's definitely different now that i'm not a mm-hmm. kid watching it um even though it's only been seven years probably since it came out it, it's still a significant difference in life experience mm. probably yeah um so it was less than perfect, which I remembered mm. it being perfect. Yeah. Um, but it is an absolute joy of a film. Yeah, yeah. It, for me, it's like the uh, the best thing about it and the problem are kind of one and the same in that like we're diving so quickly into the action, which is sort of um, exciting in the moment. It's also probably just what will, you know, um, allow me to forget it at some point is just because you know purposefully there isn't that much to get us like invested in um you know who these people are or anything like that that's okay like i'm i'm perfectly fine and i like having movies like this that do that that are willing to just throw me into it um and uh just kind of live it um there there are a couple sentimental flashbacks to this guy's wife and um you know, we we realize it's his brother he's trying to get, but I think this is first and foremost about um, just the propulsiveness of the action, right? Yeah. And I'm good with that. Like, if that's I, great. If I had to take a blind stab at what I personally find the theme of this film mm. to be, it is to have watched Old Boy mm. once and to make a film in dedication to the hallway scene. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't remember how long ago I watched Old Boy, probably two to three years ago, but that is like the scene that is like right. stuck in my mind. Like like how do how do you outdo Old Boy? Well Old Boy had a great hallway scene. I know. Let's get a building of hallways and have infinite hallway scenes. Genius. And then go into a room and use an axe to go into a different room. Now this is filmmaking. Yeah. It's uh pretty to the point um i I like that the stakes are kind of high early on there's 
the the brief scene where we see the head honcho you know execute like five dudes in a row um mm-hmm. i very quickly realized like okay like um yeah it's in the first 10 minutes yeah yeah stakes are high um these are these guys are really could truly care less um you know you know doing something like that um quick and early gets you um on board with uh getting with, the hammer out mm-hmm yeah yeah um I like most of the performers here. Um, you know, the, 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 there's almost something like realism to it because I just uh, believe how like filthy everybody looks. Um, that just makes it uh, just kind of feel like you're in that building. So just like in Triple Threat, the sound effects did not get to you at any point. Sound effects started getting to me about halfway through. Yeah, and I I just kept making an effort, but it it's hard. I don't know something about punches and kicks and elbows mm. with sound effects just isn't. Cha- I I'm not suited to it anymore. I think yeah, it it's, yeah. takes away the believability. Yeah, Th- that's probably something that I just I don't have the ear for. Having just just not watching action cinema that much. Um. Um. Or I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe um, I'm just too busy like looking rather than listening to some of this. I'm like, whoa, that looks like it hurt. Um, wow, he just barely missed that punch. That I'm the, the sound is not clicking. Yeah. Um, I'm just maybe I'm just more visual. Um, but yeah, I mean, once you start to pick up on that kind of thing, I could imagine that that would be very distracting. And, and there's certain films where like it doesn't matter, right? Like the soundscape of Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout is such that it's a high enough level that I don't mind that there's an actual sound to the fact that um, he's reloading his biceps. Mm. You know, like, like I can handle that type of stuff when it's in the context of the film, but I think this gritty realism paired with the fact that like a knee sounds like a piece of concrete being smacked with a hammer, Mm. just, it starts to not work after a little bit. Unless he had titanium knees and that was the... The crucial right. point of the film. Um, Surprise! I think, I think the star here is Aiko Ue, uh, or Ue's. I don't know how yeah. you would pronounce it. From Triple Threat. Yeah. But he's in Triple Was that Threat. the tie-in? Was that intentional on your part or no? It was not intentional, but I had assumed that some of the characters in there would be characters in this. Got it. And yeah. then um, Michael J. White will also be in Dragged Across Concrete. Yes, yes, yes. We do have some nice crossover. Yeah. Um, Uwe, I... I, I, I think that's how you pronounce it i don't know um i i do very really like good. him yeah, yeah yeah i think he's super expressive um he he just he just works himself in there um just super seamlessly even when he's not um doing that much acting he's just moving mm-hmm. um you know it's really all all in the face it's not the line delivery um which i still think mm. that's acting you know yeah contorting yeah, yeah. your body and and conveying some sort of a a through line to me through your facial tics and emotions is, you know, what I think Javier Bardem is one of the best at. And I think that he does a really good job here. 100%. Um, yeah, it is what, um, yeah, it, it, it is acting. You're right. It, and it should be. Um, it's like, it's outside of what, you know, classic Oscars reward, right? Yeah. Um, this is the stuff that goes underappreciated for sure. Or, or I, I think it does. Um, he's just, he's, he's fun to, to watch. Um, I like the slow motion in certain parts. 
Um, I just felt like that was really winding up the tension before, you know, these really satisfying releases. Um, you know, for something that's like this kind of uh, quick paced to just kind of uh, slow the rhythm down periodically kind of got me excited. I was yeah, like, but oh, it, would man. Have, it would only slow the rhythm down when like an in- impending doom motion is happening at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So it's still totally there in its pulse. Yeah. Like it's yeah. still timing full. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, s- s- slow motion. I just think it can be very corny for me sometimes. Um, in a single location film. There are there's sometimes there's only so much you can do to sort of um, you know keep each scene kind of fresh um, and I, I you know I decided each time that worked I just felt like I was kind of getting excited again to go into the next scene. Oh yeah, and, um, and it lets you even appreciate some of their movements more. If I remember correctly, there's a slow motion sequence where he's fighting the machete wielders and mm-hmm. he like leaps sideways and does the sideways pirouette movement to dodge a machete coming in and it was just like a way to appreciate the logistics of what this performer is doing yeah Yeah. because there's no way that he's not doing this move yeah you know like of course he's doing this move in a way that it's not being shown to me but he's doing it and that is truly impressive yeah yeah um yeah it it is just impressive stuff again that's maybe just because i don't watch it that much even if i did watch it a, uh, a ton i just still think i would be kind of wowed each time by what uh what these guys are are doing um yeah any any uh favorite scenes in particular anything that comes to mind hmm it's kind of hard actually because it's kind of non-stop action you're like the whole yeah, thing I, 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 <laughs> the only thing that i i could say is that i really enjoy the refrigerator macgyver bomb into mm. changing um levels with the axe in the floor and then mm-hmm. going back up to that next level after that shooting sequence i, I thought oh, that, yeah. that whole thing is just a very meticulously planned out scene by gareth yeah yeah very nice how about you um probably the relatively climactic one to the two bros uh fighting against the one uh key henchman mm-hmm. um just really satisfying i couldn't believe like it just felt like that scene was was kind of long and i was in it the whole time i was like this is still going and i'm still here for it um that's one thing that can happen for me sometimes is if a if a fight scene goes on for too long i kind of go numb to it um but not when there's a um what is it a halogen light or iridescent light being stabbed into his neck and then ripped across that can pull (laughs) you back in yes (laughs) uh favorite kill Ooh, well you just named a pretty good one uh favorite kill you go first while i think uh reverse jump fall into the broken doorway where he impales the person's neck on the splinters of the bottom of the door that was very specific (laughs) (laughs) can i do favorite near kill because i did just very very much like the stabbing of the machete through the wall Um, oh yeah just just a, a nice scene um, favorite cheek call. wound for you yeah yeah <laughs> good stuff yeah that that was a nifty scene yeah um anything else here or should we drag some concrete let's drag some concrete Shotgun safari. Shotgun safari. 
we have the skills and the right to acquire proper compensation. So first things first, just where is this at for you? Four and a half. Four and a half. Me too. Yeah. I feel like it could go higher. I agree. Where's for it me? at on your year? Oh, um, it's probably number one, actually. Really? Uh, it's, it's definitely up there. I, uh, I haven't really started, like, ranking things yet. Um, uh, I've kind of just been throwing stuff on my list, letting them kind of sit, but it's up there for sure. It's definitely in contention. I'll okay. put it that way. What about you? I think it's my third best film on the year, but the way that I'm recording this year is it's uh, fourth for me. What is that? Uh, third versus fourth? Say so that I've again. Got, yeah, so I've got Climax, number one. I've got mm-hmm. um, Arctic, number two. Mm-hmm. Then I've got um, The East, which isn't East. a movie that oh. I'm actually using. Um, I'm using it as a placeholder for the Netflix series The OA Part 2. Got it, got it. And then I have Dragged Across Concrete, but I feel like it can move. It, it could be number one, or it could be number two, got three, it. or four. Like, it's, it's just yeah. up there. Yeah, so... The East is a placeholder for the season of OA, or yes. the show. Got it, got it. Yeah. Okay, so features, it's still top three. Yes. That's that's great. Love it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good show. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe just to lay the groundwork with Zoller, Bone Tomahawk, Brawl and Cell Block 99. You saw both, right? Yes. As far as I know, they're either fives or four and a halves. Very positive. Yeah. Um, How about you? Bone Tomahawk is weird because it's one that I seem to just like have come to like, but I look back at my review, it was not good, um, which is very interesting. I, I think some of the gnarliest stuff in it is what has just really stuck in my memory. Um, you mean some of the gnarliest things ever made? In also cinema? correct. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I think, I think, when did that come out? Like three years ago? Um, uh, 2012. Okay, maybe maybe way longer ago. If I remember correctly. Um, it's weird. Like, or maybe it was 2015. Yeah, 2015 is what it says. I don't know when it was shot though. Yeah, but yeah, it was released uh, 2015 on a 1.8 million dollar okay. budget. Yeah, that's definitely one where I look back at my review and think to myself, "Well, I have definitely changed since I logged this. Um, I have to think I would like it." more now i wish i could remember what was going through my head and i didn't write anything um but um yeah just need to revisit that evidently and loved brawl and cell block 99 which you also did loved. as well yes there you go um so he's just he's on a roll if i could give a single word quote to what all of his films objectives are mm. it would be that key term from mortal Kombat. Mm fatality <laughs> yeah lots of very gnarly deaths yes and, and the, the deaths are you feel them mm-hmm. they're visceral you know you like, do. like they're they're communicated to the viewer um so just just some fun anecdotes to get out of the way mm. um i don't remember the kid's name um who was in that shakespeare play who's kind of our hero actually even though he's an inverted hero um you watched that interview as well. 
Yeah. He's going, they already wrote the screenplay and he's going to be starring in another film for Zoller in the very near future. Love which it. Which is some fantastic news. Great So stuff. just right out the gate, we already know that Zoller found one of his new favorite actors and that the movie's getting made soon. Yeah. And I, I thought he was great. So I am totally on board. I would have been on, been on board anyways, but, um, I, I thought Tony that actor Kittles, was great. That's his name. Yeah. Tony or Tori? Which one? Just, uh, I didn't hear what you said. Tori Kittle, sorry. Tori, okay, got it. Yeah, I did actually pronounce that wrong, so. Yeah. How do we um, start with a movie like this? Um, I'd love it. <laughs> yeah, we, we can get those words out first. <laughs> I very, 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 very much enjoyed it. <laughs> I love it with my heart. There it's you a, go. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, long movie, two hours and forty five minutes something like that yeah, we, yeah. Um, it just felt way shorter than that to me um, I was uh, in it the, the whole time um, it's equivalent uh, to like when you find a show you love and you accidentally binge watched it mm. it's something like that where it's like maybe it was long and I did spend all that time there but I loved mm. all that time there yeah yeah um, I th- you know I think the stuff that holds me back from a five is I, I can think of, partic- of a, a particular scenes towards the end, but I think it might just have been in part kind of like we already talked about, about um, not having seen it in the theater. I've been sitting on my couch for two hours and 20 minutes. You know, that just has its literal physical toll, you mm-hmm. know, where um, I it's kind of arbitrary, whether it's a four and a half or maybe even a five at this point because of some of those details. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Um maybe just dive into like characters um see um what you make of some of the guys i mean i think they're fascinating characters last week we i think we briefly talked about how he's he said he doesn't want to make movies with messages yeah with or something like statement. that right yeah that's yeah. not his objective at all we also yeah. watched an in did did you end up watching the interview where he explains his writing process at all I can't only dug into that one. watched the the one you sent me. Okay. If there was a, an additional one. Now. I can't remember if it was in the one that I sent you or a different one um, after Brawl. But he essentially says that he's just trying to, much like Tarantino, he's just trying to write a world where these characters exist and really say these things. Mm-hmm. And this is who they really are. And he's not trying to make any political statement, which um, it seems like everyone keeps asking him if the Mel Gibson mm. character is about who Mel Gibson mm. is. And uh, he he's vehemently den- denied that. And mm. I, I think it's interesting that we want to attribute these people we perceive as bad people because they have public moments mm. of badness mm. as uh, having art that's good because they're playing bad, portraying their bad. There's just oh, an interesting conversation yeah. there where we want some sort of a confirmation bias that the artist is doing this on purpose so that we don't end up liking this person that we think is bad or label is bad. I think. Yeah. 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 I, I, I believe that he didn't have an, an, an intent by casting Mel, Gib- Mel Gibson. I also can't blame someone who just can't help, but think about what that baggage brings. Yeah. Um, like, I think that's just, I, I don't, I don't know how you can avoid that for certain people, but I, I believe the intent. I, sure. I understand it. I yeah. just, it's like the fact that every single interview keeps bringing it up with him 
Mm. It's just like, come on, guys. There's really good questions mm. to ask, and you're not asking them. You're just trying to focus on this, like one thing. Which I, I mean, if yeah. you still want to focus on it, that's for you. But that all media is focusing on. Mm. I'm just kind of like, I want to know more about Zoller's process, you bastards. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe before even talking about the character, Mel, how about Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn? Do you just respond to them? I love as them actors. as performers. I love them as performers. I loved uh, Jennifer Carpenter in Brawl and Brawl in Subwalk ninety nine. Oh yeah, loved her here. Yeah, um, really responded well to Michael J. White here. Uh, yeah. like Tori Kittles. I yeah yeah. There's something about it, it's in that interview where he's talking about how the right dialogue just it's not hard for someone to memorize mm-hmm. it. And I, I really thought back and I was like, yeah, there is so much monologue that Mel's doing. And it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like monologue. It feels in that way that Shakespeare feels like it's just like this is who the character is in the story. And we are learning that yeah. because of this line. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Trying to kind of describe his style in my head was weird because it all feels very real in a good way. Um, but, you know, he, he has his distinct style it does feel like um like stylized realism or something Mm -hmm. like that like the cinematography is is um um is particularly unique i think i think some of the color was really interesting i think um some of the shots of like vince vaughn and gibson just sitting in the car and not kind of doing like um the shot reverse shot thing cutting between them sometimes we're just looking at both of them sitting in the frame together and for we an just extended sit there period of time wondering. yeah yeah sometimes yeah. the seat is empty and then it gets inhabited and then the yeah. dialogue comes yeah yeah just really letting um us just kind of fall into that world by letting these scenes play out and not chopping them up um and uh particularly once we start seeing um some of the uh other criminals um in these you know black jumpsuits the goggles it's all realistic but there's also something um just kind of like um hyper stylized yeah yeah um that i i really respond to um yeah it's it's somewhere between michael mann and my favorite scene of all time that opening scene in the dark knight oh interesting i could see that um and Tim Tarantino, like you said, yeah. um, just uh, that really kind of idiosyncratic um, way of shooting things, um, and uh, yeah, I, I I liked them both as well, Gibson and Vince Vaughn. Um, the characters themselves, I think, are for me difficult for sure. Like, I would you, um, I I don't know that um, I would describe them as uh, wholly likable. Um, I, I would agree. I think that every single character in this entire film is difficult. I think that the setting of this film is difficult, and I think that's mm-hmm. what makes it real. Mm-hmm. I, I would almost, I almost think about his films as like grunge. Mm. Like, like there, there is some, you know, like Nirvana has a certain pop element too, like Teen Spirit and stuff. And I think that this movie definitely has a certain clarity that that is almost glossy at certain points but then it's it's also very grungy you know like just because there's these shiny moments doesn't mean that they're not sitting in a cop car for you know 40 hours drinking coffee and and yeah. you know making it smell like farts yeah so th- there's Eating a certain burritos. grunginess yeah. to it that I, I i don't remember what you asked but i just <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's I, where I'm I agree at. yeah yeah um yeah i mean that that's 
that's partly just what I've been stuck thinking about is, um, okay, you know, he, let's take for, you know, what he said for granted, he doesn't have a, a message here. It still feels very much to me like it is about things. Oh, I, um, I think that just because he's not trying to make a film with a message in mind doesn't mean that there's not a message that comes to manifest itself. Yeah. I think there's probably always in all films going to be a message that manifests itself. Like, I don't think Triple Threat had a message it wanted to get across, but I think that it still, because of its plot mechanics, achieves communicating a message, no yeah. matter how poorly or yeah. telegraphed that is. And I, I think that the same is definitely true for his films. And it's something like... You know, all of us are sinners and all of us are guilty mm. and none of us are truly terrible. Maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. The um, For for me, the, 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 the kind of point of liftoff was was uh, partly the the um, coming back to that the video game that that kid was playing. Um, he's playing, you know, uh, like a safari hunting kind of video game. Um, this is Tori Kittle's younger brother, mm-hmm. the handicapped kid, right? Who we see once earlier on in the film playing this safari hunting video game, and at the very end, they're playing it again mm-hmm. uh, together. Um, and uh, that uh, was not for me like a super clean metaphor that mapped onto what was happening in a very good way. Sometimes that is that can be way too neat, but Sorry. it did. Yeah, but it correct. But it was very much a springboard for me to just thinking about what um, to take from this movie, which for me was partly about how um, almost kind of animalistic some of these characters were and how it was partly um, the system that was bringing that out in them and that was not who these people are. Like, Gibson and Tori Kittle's character, I think, are people who can really relate to each other in important mm-hmm. ways like they both are just trying to support their families they're both they both have um gibson's wife has ms the brothers in a wheelchair these are people who should be able to relate to each other um who should be able to empathize with each other and yet the way i described it in my notes was like lions honing in on the same piece of meat and the system that we live in forces us to not collaborate but compete with each other like our system incentivizes competition um they have identified the same opportunity and uh the competition means someone's going to win and someone's going to lose yes um like that is not i think what he intended to do but i still got something really meaningful out of that well i I think that maybe that is something he intended to do is to try to make two heroes Mm. because the hero that wins is not the hero we spend time with. Correct. And I, I, I definitely think that from a novel-esque standpoint, he knew the narrative he was making was to create a hero that the viewer tracks along with and then have the other hero who we're not paying attention to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. Um, like, d- did you feel yourself rooting for one or the other? I was always rooting for Mel. For Mel. I was yeah. never not rooting for Mel. And then when Mel lost, yeah. I was still like, well, I like Tori, though. <laughs> you know? I know. Like, like even yeah. though in another movie, you, like, when the when your feet are swept out from under you and the hero dies, <laughs> you normally feel bitter. But in this, you're like, 
well, okay, this hero's not too bad. He's still going to take care of the wife and the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird. Because we spend more time with Mel, I, I did find myself, even as he's doing things that I don't like, he, you know, like, it's I, I don't like the, the racist kind of impulse he has. Um, I can't help but want him to be able to... Um, provide for his for his wife and 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 protect his daughter as he has to watch her get bullied um and it's just because i'm spending more time with him that it's easy to almost forget that at the very beginning i had seen how shitty of a situation this other guy's in he just got out of jail his mom's had to start had has had to resort to prostitution to keep the little brother uh safe and keep the lights well, on you say that like it's a choice but the, her first choice was she took a bunch of money that tori gave her and spent it on heroin that's true that's true <laughs> um yeah i, I uh yeah um so, so that kind of makes tori and also equally victimized the way that mel is yeah from yeah. my standpoint like like tori's trying to do the right thing and then his mom's kind of subverting that and then mel's trying to do the there, maybe he got the job to try to do the right thing or so mm-hmm. I imagine 30 years before this and then 30 years after that job he's just like how how do I get out with my head intact and that's yeah. something I'm pretty cognitive of for police officers because that has mm-hmm. that is their duty they married police officers are in a contract with their spouses mm-hmm. to try to do their best to come home Mm-hmm. And so there's this really weird thing where it's like, but we want the police officer to, you know, give us what we want from them. But they also don't know if we have a loaded gun and we're going to keep them from ever seeing their kids again. So yeah. to, to me, this is a, a genre and a bunch of characters in this place that I think is really, really rich with complication and where we just want to be tone deaf to one side. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. like we either are for... um taken in the ear we're against it we're not seeing mm. both sides to it and i think that this is one of those films that really shows us both sides yeah 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 i completely agree and I, I think it is precisely that that i really responded to is how these two guys who i can who who both to me feel deserve our empathy um are are honing in on the same thing and they have this opportunity when it's just the two of them at the end to split this thing evenly um, and as Mel says, like, I'm just trying to avoid temptation. Um, to me, like, that's that's just something about, like, capitalism in a microcosm is the idea that um, you take what's yours. And, and temptation, like, that is that is what, like, capitalism, like, is predicated on. That, that like, is essentially how the system will manifest itself unchecked, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, even, even after Gibson screws up and, and gets shot... Um, even with that consolation prize that Tori Kettles provides, um, he is clearly doing very well. Like, he gets this fantastic house. Um, I don't know, you know, the value of what he gives them, but you get, to me, I just get the idea that what could have been shared evenly was not. And the Mm -hmm. wealth has been, you know, unevenly just been redistributed again. Yes. Um, and in the process, it's brought out all the worst tendencies in people's, like, Yes, there might be racist impulses that Gibson needs to deal with no matter what, but you get the sense that or, or you can't... maybe there's natural 
racism that comes about from these roles in societies. Yeah, yeah, you like well. you can't untether the two. Like yeah. it's all bringing out just the worst in people because of that impulse to compete. Because there's definitely bad people that are racist, but then I think there's also good people that become racist because of very poor experiences and poor mental health. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um and um the actress's name who... Jennifer Carpenter? Yeah. Great. I like th- that digression in the middle of the movie to introduce her. I thought was just great. Um, totally you, threw me off. It did. I loved it. Um, you can tell me if I'm running away with my metaphor here, but um, just to extend that idea that this feels something like survival of the fittest. She feels to me like um, a mother lion not wanting to leave her cub and walking into a fight and being collateral collateral damage. Yeah. Um, definitely and that's just and like it's interesting maddening. when you put it like that this capitalistic conversation because she's walking into the the rotten remains of the beast that all the lions are coming for yeah yeah right yeah um yeah it's uh it's pretty bleak like it's weird to you know to love a movie like this because i do feel like it is so kind of bleak um and that's why I think, like, it is kind of incredible how uh, the stuff with the um, the robbers themselves, you know, I, I don't know what else to call them. Just not Tory Kittles, Kibson. It's the guys in the middle. The definite villains. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, there's something just so um, stylized, uh, something so stylized about them that it's almost kind of... I don't know. It's something a little unreal about it kind of helps me yeah. not make this so depressing. But what <laughs> I don't know. So that's interesting because you know what it made me do and I'm just now realizing it. It made me other them. Where I knew mm. that Tori and Mel and Vince were my heroes and Jennifer Carpenter was my hero mm-hmm. and uh, Michael J White was a hero even mm-hmm. and um then these other guys were the other guys and I was mm-hmm. like saying that they were a different thing that it was okay to get killed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, they are the ones that we really have the least information about, like, in terms of how we can empathize. And the most that we have, as far as information, is information that means that they're bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, But God, it's just so thrillingly shot. Um, And, you know, the way it just sort of plays out um, slowly, I think, just just keeps it so taut. it's great the the dialogue is i think the best dialogue on the year think so me. i i think the way that we never learn anything from info dumping and everything mm-hmm. is just this slow consistent flow of conversation and the characters moving around to inhabit new environments mm-hmm. revealing the story to us is so unlike common storytelling in this format mm-hmm. of film yeah yeah um. Yeah, it's it's hard not to just want to poach words from that interview that you shared, but I think that does nicely summarize just how it feels like it has a rhythm. Um, that's not too artful; it feels real. But um, yeah, it's uh, just very just organic. Well, it feels real, but you know, you know how stylized is it, and how good are these performers, and yeah, you know, how good is he at writing for the right type of performer to pick this stuff up? It's 
it really does feel as a viewer i think by the end of the film like we were dragged across concrete yeah and i I do think that some of those words um like cast iron Mm. is are just so fucking cool like yeah i was just smiling from how cool everything was yeah even though it was all terrible it was also so cool like there's mm-hmm. something about him that's like Tarantino where it's just fucking cool, man. Yeah. You know, Christoph, yeah. Christoph Waltz is uh, above these innocent Jews that are about to be murdered, but he's just so fucking cool yeah. that you can't help but think that this Nazi's cool for a little bit. Yeah. And I think that there is that element from Tarantino happening with Zoller's work mm-hmm. that is just so good and fascinating. Yeah. 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 To, to be able to to chew on some ideas and also just uh find it cool that is that's hard that is really i I think that's really kind of unique to be able to strike that balance um you really don't want to make um uncomfortable things cool like that can be uncomfortable but uh like i don't know i just feel like it's it somehow walks that tightrope of allowing me to do both and i think Um, it it might just be the sincerity Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that since I watched it and how I understand why people don't like Tarantino. I know there's a lot of people that don't like Tarantino, but to me, Tarantino is a sincere film lover. Mm. And yeah. that's why his films work for me because I'm also one of those people that just love film. And I, so I, I love what he's bringing to it the way that I love Rodriguez, what, what Robert Rodriguez brings to things because he also loves film. Or yeah. Kevin Smith, who also just loves film, even though it's not high art, what he's bringing is just something that's something like love. And I think that what Zoller's bringing here is something like that, just downright love that lets us have an access that maybe a more studio-oriented film wouldn't bring this type of love about, and, and it yeah. would just come off different. Yeah, 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 I agree. It's Yeah, it's telling that this went... Uh straight to vod like it did um uh you know it just it makes you think about how closely um distributors are watching films and and if they are too quick to um disregard yeah disregard or just accept whatever you know um certain critics or what what certain reception has been you know if some people already have um discounted it as a uh, Mel Gibson racist thing, um, like I think it is way more intelligent than well, what that de- what that description um, seems to suggest. Yeah, but I mean, maybe also we have to put this in context of when it would have been screening for people. Like, when would that have mm-hmm. been? If I remember correctly, they'd already shot this movie when Brawl was out. Mm-hmm. They were oh, yeah. Yeah. in the middle of shooting it, so you know that was a very different time a year and a half ago so you you probably I'm couldn't been afraid of it make a bid on it because you're thinking like okay it might do well for us but it might also give us like a five million dollar marketing nightmare yeah just in pr for yeah. for us as a distribution company so i, I think i can kind of get it but as much as it's disappointing i'm also very glad that the studios aren't involved with him making movies. true he can do what he wants there's right? a certain level there um, yeah I want to keep going. Can I take a leak really quick? Yeah. All right. Not done with dragging across concrete yet, though. Concrete. Diving back in. We were talking about sincerity. Studios. Sincerity. Yeah, the studios, not it not being distributed by a studio. Do you think this would have had a different life if it had been released in theaters? 
I f- yeah, I can't see how any of this movie is the same movie from a studio standpoint. Like, how do you sign off on a 243 or, or 250 film starring Mel Gibson where Vince Vaughn plays like the silent brooding type and then these heroes that you don't even want in the movie to begin with end up getting murdered and the mm-hmm. real hero is this person that you think is the villain. Oh, and we're going to put him in whiteface. So there's that political conversation. Yeah, I, I just, I can't see this happening from, a, you know, like maybe, um, what is that one that did Madeline's Madeline? Oscilloscope. Oh, maybe yeah. Oscilloscope yeah. would distribute it. Maybe. But yeah. whoever picked up the phone call that day would have to have some, some concrete set of balls yeah. to, to sign Agreed. off on that project. It is a, a tough sell when you list out the, the qualities of it like that. You're like, yeah, makes sense. They didn't go oh, for it. Oh, and the only absolute innocent character, the mother of the newborn baby, we're going to mm-hmm. kill her. She's dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was hard. Um yeah, th- th- just what a uh, f- uh, funky way to start that scene. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, it was very mm-hmm. novel to me. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was reading a book, watching mm. this movie. It was just, it was from such a narrative through point where it's, you know, the characters are inhabiting the spaces. The spaces are coming to life from the characters' interaction. And then the characters are dying. Yeah. And that's, I, it felt like, not the word novel like oh that's like a novel thing to do but like mm-hmm. the the medium Almost of novels. literary or yeah. something yeah. yeah yeah like that yeah that was its own chapter mm-hmm. or something like that yeah um yeah so i'll just say the one part where i thought i was maybe feeling it go slack or it was just me i think it might just be the latter was during the final uh standoff i guess um was I that felt just something me? like that? Did you? I okay. felt something like that. My yeah. retrospective reaction to that is that it felt so different than the entire rest of the film. Mm-hmm. We've been waiting, and now it's happening. And um, we almost aren't. Okay, for me, I almost wasn't ready for it to happen. Like I thought I wanted it to happen, which is something very interesting, right? Because the genre is like that is always going to happen. Mm-hmm. That final standoff, and then when it started happening, I. I think that maybe I just didn't want it to happen because mm-hmm. I knew which way it was going to go because I'd seen Brawl, I'd seen Bone Tomahawk, mm-hmm. I knew how this was going to go. <laughs> if anyone was going to walk out, they were going to walk out. The person that walked out wasn't the person that I had gone into that scene wanting to walk out. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is a certain empathetic thing that's happening to us as viewers where it's like we know our hero's dead mm-hmm. right when the sequence begins because we know what Zoller is bringing yeah yeah that's, and that's true that's the only way for him to surprise us now is to have the hero live <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> someone survive yeah yeah that's true maybe it's just the the feeling that you don't want this to happen um that <laughs> that has its effect um yeah i mean i i i think it might have just been how long the film was the setting it, um i don't know that i'm really going to didn't like i really can't uh pinpoint anything i just i just kind of asked myself like is there um is there something missing from this scene that that would have brought it brought it to its apex um i don't i don't know that there was i i guess that was just kind of a question that i had for myself when i felt myself 
when I when I thought I felt it going question, slack. That's an interesting question, right? Yeah. Because that that question implies like this didn't do what Hollywood does, right? Right, right. You, I guess maybe so, it's so to just... bring back that Jordan Peele conversation we had last week about coincidence, right? Mm. Like the coincidences of this film never end up the way that that the films that these coincidences are from end up. Yeah. So there might be just something deeply unsettling about yeah. watching these coincidences go a different way because we have this narrative this cultural social narrative of how these stories go in our minds and when they don't go that way of course our our you know subconscious reptilian brain or, or something like that is gonna say fuck you no yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i call it a standoff but in a way like it's kind of a non-standoff because like it's not like it's just a flurry of activity it's like it's kind of them each in a car one's tipped over kind of each waiting for the other to do something um and i think you're right it's probably just um me being primed by movies to expect something um uh, to expect more activity um and i just i didn't recalibrate quickly enough that that could be the thing and that's maybe why i find myself thinking that i like it even though i somehow kind of snapped out of it for a second um so i don't know that was just kind of an interesting sometimes good art for me. breaks you and that I, can happen for me i think that's maybe what happened because yeah. i i had that same experience watching the scene and i like i i'd say that for my friend that was watching the movie with me and also able to watch me while i was watching it i became visibly upset yeah. when the woman is crawling towards vince vaughn I became angry because I knew what Zoller was doing. He was going to kill our hero with the woman that we were supposed to be on the side of. Mm -hmm. And I love that concept. I love the fact that that was written. I love that it was made, but I was so angry that he was about to get killed because I didn't want him to die. And there is something about that viscerality that ends up making your own emotions say that the film's doing something bad even Mm -hmm. though it's doing something amazing yeah yeah i think it's important that you care so it's not just mere provocation you do you do feel like you you you're identifying with something real happening here um even as it's kind of weirdly unreal just because of his style yeah um but uh yeah just just an interesting scene what else it's just a it's just a great movie it's hard it's weird how quick it went by like i can't remember why it was so long yeah does that make sense like i i can't even remember a line other than like cast iron like there's something immensely forgettable about how great it is yeah yeah um so much of it is just mel and vince vaughn in a car either stationary or tailing another car oh yeah that was the other thing i was going to say is some of those uh scenes where they're actually tailing the the bad guys oh yeah Um, good oh so good some of them they're like one street over so we're watching them you know in profile like from the side um so good just i don't know maybe it's just the sensation that it's so easy for them to turn and look like you're, you're just so used to watching uh these scenes from behind yeah not from the side one street over where buildings are kind of coming in and out of view um those were great just simple but you know it honestly kind of reminded me of uh beale how we'd get those side Mm. profiles of them walking down the street Ooh, yeah that's nice yeah much scarier here 
Well, hey, you, you <laughs> can't it. say how scary a tomato is being thrown against a wall until you've seen it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it, it. sometimes it doesn't have to be much to just really kind of uh, uh, catch your attention. Um, I thought those were nice. Um, it's weird to ask about favorite scene. I don't know that that question really works here for me. I don't know that I could pick one out. I have a favorite scene. What do you got? It's all about my emotions. Mm. It's when Vince Vaughn went to the jeweler to look at the ring. Mm. I love that scene from a, a dialogue acting perspective. I just I thought that it was mm. such a killer scene to not telegraph anything, but to just underlie the whole thing with stakes and weight. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he's one, for whatever reason, I just happened to so... Um, lean into thinking about Gibson and Tori Kittle's character and just how they kind of relate to each other. Vince Vaughn, um, I've probably spent less time thinking about. Not because I don't like that character. I just I just didn't gravitate that on, on instinct. Um, but there is something about their age gap, right? Like 20, 20 years probably. Yeah, a couple, at least a couple decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, hardened Gibson's character is and how... I just feel like Vaughn is going to turn into that. And even though Vaughn, Vince Vaughn's character is more hesitant, like when they see these people being murdered at the bank and he says something like, you know, aren't you concerned about our culpability? Can't we call this in? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you can, I just feel like I see on Gibson's face, like, um, give it 20 years. Like, you are going to be so fed up with, like, how little money you're making that, um, you're just you're going to go into that survival mode um and that idea that this is kind of the concrete jungle again that metaphor just comes back to me and that uh just good stuff you know what's interesting to think about and i i don't think that this is technically scalable but just as a thought experiment philosophically um to consider these characters as countries mm. and the world is this concrete jungle and you know, like there is, like you can pretend that there's other systems that work, but there isn't in the global economy. There's capitalism, and there's not doing as good as capitalism. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's interesting to consider like who who has to die for someone else to get that house at the end. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, to me, I think that there is a very rich subtext there that that is just so applicable, and that maybe that is so open because this does not have one overt message mm-hmm. and it can be applied to so many different things. Yeah. I think that is, that feels totally appropriate to me. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, it's something about the scale that like doesn't, that doesn't, it doesn't make that come to mind first, but I think that is a totally, uh, logical extension of, of the, the metaphor. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, that's I love that stuff. I like something that's that malleable, you yeah. Know, um, that it works on, at, at various scales. That that yeah. open, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess one question that I had for you, if we're near the end here, mm. is widows or dragged across concrete? Dragged across concrete for sure. Yeah. You, one hundred percent. I don't know why. I asked. Why did I you that. ask me? <laughs> I don't like widows. Just just to allow but, to allow you to say that. But you liked widows, and I I think that it's. 
at least possible to make the claim that both were definitely influenced mm. by Michael Mann. And so I, I yeah. you know, it's interesting because I think Widows might be the more Michael Mann film, but I think mm-hmm. that the things that are my favorite things from Michael Mann films end up being all the things that make Dragged Across Concrete so great. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, Dragged Across Concrete wins out because it's more thematically sound and rich and, and ultimately more thought-provoking. Um, I do just really love those uh, actresses. Um, and I love those actresses, still, too. I, I still find... I just find that the, the filmmaking there is still pretty thrilling. I And I would love to watch Widows again and watch that um, kind of um, unspool, but it the longer I get away from it, like the less I think it really leaves me to chew on. Um, whereas I think um, I expect to be thinking about direct across concrete for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's just it leaves you with the full stomach and you haven't finished chewing. <laughs> uh-huh. And then by the end they're like, I'm not hungry. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um well this might be on both of our lists at the end of the year this is the first film that i think we can unanimously say might be on our lists and if it's not then it's been a great year yeah yeah i think it's already been a great year this is what makes the disagreements all worth it is because when we align it's a good feeling it it does feel good highly recommended by drinking the movies run go get to the chopper Go. I'm coming with you. That was brilliant. You're the best and we love you! Oh, that's good shit.